everyone. My name is Andrew. I don't know why I'm offering the water to your place. And that's Mark. And you are listening to the only internet debate podcast on the internet. Best of the best. It is episode 92. Today is Monday, December 16th, 2013. The year of our Lord. Mark, so many news stories to talk about. So much on our plate. But how are you? I'm okay. I It's hard to believe that we're eight episodes away from 100. If you're listening to this show and you're not feeling well, you're in the hospital, mm-hmm. you just got to hold on for eight more just, weeks. Just stick then with you us, can man. Expire. Stick with us. Like, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's star-studded. I've already started making the calls, Mark, yeah. to see, like, who we can get. We're going to bring back some of our favorite guests. Some, some of our favorite um, topics, some of our favorite prizes. I actually do have something planned for the 100th. I should run it by you. Uh, no, I'll just do it. <laughs> it's weird, though, because our 100th episode will be so close to the two-year episode as well. Yeah, we have to figure out Cause like, what we want to celebrate. It's like 100, and then 104 would be two years. Yes. So they're all going to kind of coincide right around the same time. So I guess we do have to figure out like what we want to celebrate. But it's interesting that it's been two years, two years running at this point, almost. Yeah. But um, it is beautiful outside, Mark. It's like seventy-five degrees right I was now. Walking, I was walking up to the sandwich shop and I was listening to Christmas songs, and it was seventy-seven degrees according to my yeah. iPhone. Did it feel a little weird to I, you? I was listening to um, a ragtime version of like it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and then like White Christmas and White is, Lines. Uh, yeah, White. Yes, Blurred Lines. Mm-hmm. All your favorites. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's like palm trees that have ornaments hung from them, and I'm wearing a short sleeve shirt and, and jeans and even feeling like I could probably go shorts if I really wanted to. I but, thought about it today. Yeah. But uh, it's a weird, it's like, a, it's a 20 degree difference between no less than like three days ago. Yeah. So deal, with, your, uh, deal with that. Did your shitty friends put the thing on Facebook of like snow in Egypt? No. Oh. And then it, well, like, and it was listed as, how's your global warming Global warming, everyone. You? My favorite thing is... It's if, like, wait, no, this is still a problem. My favorite like, thing about, like, Drudge is anytime there's a story about a place that is cold, mm-hmm. it immediately lands on, like, the front page of Drudge and very high up to kind of thumb their nose. And, global warming. Like, at one point... Um, there was like a specific spot in Antarctica, I believe, that just became like the coldest place on Earth ever. It was like negative 129 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. And they had to literally, in the news story, like the headline itself just landed on Drudge. And they're just like, global warming, am I right? This guy knows. Fuck you. Yeah. Aerosol cans just spraying. That was all over all over Facebook for me. But then uh, there's a scientist that's quoted in the story that has to remind readers that they're like, despite the fact that this one specific section of Earth at this particular moment in time is the coldest on record, it doesn't preclude the fact that, like, other shit is happening. The rest, there's a thing. Like, there are comparison photos of um, glaciers that are very specifically have changed in the last 80 years. To the point where we're seeing land, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, global. So, what I'm trying to say is, Mark, 
global warming. Am I right? This yeah. fucking thing. Let's just. What else is in the newspaper? Let me see another headline. Um, Mark, what I have a bigger headline for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've been doing this for two years, almost. But I have news to, regarding the end of an era. The oh? end of an era. Turn the clock back to Halloween. Okay. 2010. When a fresh-faced Andrew Krukowski drives to Marina Del Rey, looking a little moppish, a little shaggy, enters into his local supercuts, talks with all the friendly staff there. Renovations had not occurred to the area, so it was still a bit seedy. Yeah, kind of run down. There was no Yogurtland, no pizza place, no Radio Shack. No. No... Nice-looking CVS. No Chase Bank. Jerry's, I believe, was still there. There was that nice, that crappy theater that I like to go to. The the, the United United Artists. But now it is not there anymore. I walked up to the counter and I said, one haircut, please. And the nice person behind the counter led me to the the, the drug-addled crack den behind the building and gave me a haircut. Uh Uh-huh. And as I left, they said, oh, by the way, we're running a bit of a promotion. Mm-hmm. Here's a card. Mm-hmm. Get it stamped each time you come in. Your 13th haircut will be free. Yes. And with that card, I began a long, long odyssey mm-hmm. to obtain a free haircut. Through so many changes in your life. So many changes. The one constant was that you had a I 13th was haircut. going to get a free haircut. Yeah. Changes in jobs, changes in relationships, changes in location, changes in in everything Car. in my life. Essentially, yes. Clothes. The, completely different person between when I walked in on two th- in 2010. Effectively, yeah, and when I walked person. in yesterday, two days ago, as of this podcast uh, uh, posting, S- Sat- Saturday, 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 to the 14th, turn in my card. Mm-hmm. To receive my free 13th haircut. Yes. It happened, everybody. It happened. There and was no party. I was completely unaware about this. You know, what what happens is I didn't want to make it I didn't want to make it too much of a celebration. I didn't I wanted to make it about well, we the haircut. We've been talking for months about it being a celebration. I we can still hold a celebration. The no, haircut, we can't. It's the haircut pointless. has happened. We can still celebrate the haircut. I'm very happy for you. We but can still celebrate if we're the not haircut. All there. I kind of needed a haircut. It, you weren't going to go in on a busy Saturday to get your haircut with me at Supercuts. What, what time did you get your haircut? Like 1 o'clock on a Saturday. You want to know what I was doing? I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I was watching Frasier. <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. It was pretty cool. But I could have saved it and DVR'd it and then come to the haircut Do you party. go to Supercuts to get your haircut? It, it doesn't seem like you go to Supercuts to get your haircut. That's the issue. No, but I go to celebrate... Oh, you'd go to celebrate my haircut, yes. my free haircut. I apologize, everyone. Get I know, I know that we've been hyping up balloon. this. We've been hyping up this party, but you know, I wanted, to, I kind of wanted to save our big bang for the hundredth episode. Okay, so so we are gonna do something. We'll for do the we'll do something for the hundredth episode. What do you know? What day that'll be? Um, if this is ninety two, then two weeks in December will be ninety four, and then. Another four for January, so it'll be early February. Generally, if I'm 
just about right. So we okay. were right, right around Valentine's Day, actually. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, best of the best is for lovers, as you know. <laughs> uh, and uh, now here's the rub. Well, congratulations on your haircut, Andrew. Uh, now I, I kind of didn't want to hold a party cause I, I don't, I, I hesitate to mention this, but for some reason I was charged $4. What? I know. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I gave him the card. I said, this has been three years in the making. Yeah. We have, here it is. Here yeah, it is. And they said, big dumb smile on your here face. Here we go. And they said, that'll be $4. And I was like, what the fuck? I wouldn't have tipped. I did. I, I, I don't know if the four dollars is maybe it's like um, maybe like the haircut only costs so much, the and then it's inflation. like it's I, like it's weird though because like when I went in there, um, I, I've been thinking about this for a while because I'm, I'm I'm becoming an old cranky man. Yeah, is when I was growing up in in my early teens, like I remember, or even even younger than that, I remember my parents taking me to like Bo Ricks or mm-hmm. or uh, you know. Uh, fantastic sams and um in the window they used to have this like uh um window cling thing that celebrated the price of the haircut and it was originally like 8.95 and this big thing in the window and then over the years it would be like 11.95 and then you know it just started to creep up year after year uh a haircut at Bo at uh, uh supercuts now 21.95 mm. and i know people are like well, fuck you. It's a it's a haircut. Like, yeah, you want to if you don't pay top dollar, you're gonna look like shit. No. But like, twenty one bucks seems a bit steep for a haircut, right? Like from just, there, yeah. Just like my pay... my shitty like, use the clippers, do this, trim it up, make it look you know, like I don't I don't style it or anything like that. I pay twenty three at the place that I go, and I would say that it's gen- generally a little bit nicer than fantastic sams Mm -hmm. so i feel like feel like you're getting burned here i guess usually i have a coupon as well if not oh well then yeah it's but the coupons they offer is only there's only like a buck off so you're only able to use the coupon with the free haircut Uh, i didn't have a coupon this time i figured this is coupon enough but did you say free haircut means free haircut haircut? no i was like i was i was too i was too on cloud nine yeah celebrating the fact that uh gave money to a homeless person I, but I paid four bucks for the the thing, and then I tipped four bucks. So technically, all said and done, this free haircut cost me eight dollars. Yeah. And then I went and bought a, a an HDMI cord from Radio Shack. So. Right. Um, but haircut check mark. Did they keep your uh, card? Yes, like frame they it did. or something. Shred I, it immediately. <laughs> the weird thing was, is the guy in front of me, the old guy in front of me, set it to confetti. Was uh, um was also very close to getting his free haircut. Oh. So I don't know how long that... <laughs> that guy's been working on that one. Centuries. Uh, I took a picture of it. I have a couple pictures of it just for posterity's sake. Yeah, of course. But um, uh, thanks, everyone, for your support of my free haircut. I'm, uh, I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad it happened. It's. Um, I'm sorry all of you didn't get to make it out for the haircut event, but at the same time, we'd love it if... We could celebrate a 100th episode milestone as well, so uh, you'll get more information on that as we go along. Mark, though, we're talking uh, today about Best of the Best, your only internet debate podcast on the internet, and Mark, it's a very special episode of Best of the Best because we are talking about the television event of the season. Yes, we are. The television event of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And that television event is Sound of Music, Sound of Music Live. Live. Exactly. Start <laughs> featuring Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Um, of course, as you all know, best of the best. We'll have Mark and I debating three topics under the banner of the television event of the season. And we are frantically working towards our first to 500 uh, victory. Mm -hmm. Mark, what is at stake? The winner of Best of the Best will receive a $25 Wendy's gift card. That's what you get for all of your efforts for bringing it week to week. Week to week. Just Just really. Just getting 500 wins under your belt. You will have the most marvelous, Mm -hmm. non refundable. Yeah. $25 $25 Wendy's gift card. It's, you know, sometimes sometimes I just sit... Good at most locations. Most locations. Uh, you, you do have to check ahead of time. Sometimes they are not franchised. And I you know, don't if think if you, if you go to an airport... I don't think you can use them there. Or a mall. I don't think it's good there. Well, you don't want to go to the airport ones because yeah. you're losing money on it o- yeah, overall. Because they, they jack the price up anyways. Exactly. It's, it's a but fool's errand, Mark. I have... I have often seen Wendy's commercials now and thought, I should go to Wendy's. <laughs> and, then I, and then the thing that stops me is not my prudish, mm. hoity-toity intellectual exclusionism. It's the fact that I think, no, I want the first time to, that I go to Wendy's to be because of Best of the Best, which <laughs> makes me laugh to think that we're actually going to do a thousand episodes. Like, we, are we, we even going to be alive anymore? <laughs> I know I won't be, but Mark, first of all, we'll, I'll, I'll have this thing locked up in like 600, so yeah, don't, you, do oh, not, we, don't sweat it. Well, don't sweat look it. at the scoreboard. Buddy. I mean, it's, it's, Are you looking at the same scoreboard I'm looking, I am? I'm looking at it right now. Do you right see now. the same score I see I am? it. I see it, and it's, it's, it's looking a little lopsided, if you ask me. I think it is, yeah. And there's a secondary prize, Mark, for there the winner is a second of prize. this episode. Yes. Do you know what it is? Yes, I do. What is it? The second prize mm. is... Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. All the packing material, you need to move one room. Just one room. One room. So boxes. All boxes, tape, bubble wrap, tape. Bubble wrap. Got it. But only for one Sharpies. room. Sharpies. Now that's nice. I was um I was mailing stuff out the other day mm-hmm. uh, for Christmas and uh, you have no idea like how pricey shipping material is. Oh yeah. Like I'm starting from 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 zero, right. so I don't have sharpies, boxes, tape, or anything like that. And then you know, startup costs on shipping stuff. My goodness, you're spending like fifteen bucks yeah, right that's there. That's a lot. Uh, so it's probably the same for moving. I just moved recently. Yeah, I had to you know go to Box, Box City. All, yeah. all your favorite boxes. Box City is one of the most delightful Un- places underneath, in LA. Uh, it's Box City. All all of your box needs underneath one roof. Uh huh. You want uh, Mark? Give me a kind of box you'd like. I want like a really long mm-hmm. box yeah. that's about six inches tall, mm-hmm. but like five feet long. They got it. Got it at Box City. All right. Box City. Anytime you want. You know, any other boxes you want? You want a coffin? That's kind of a box. They that's got it box. at Box City. They'll do it. Piano box? Mm-hmm. Box big enough to fit a piano? Box City. All your box needs. They're a great place. Um, I've been to Box City on Pico twice, mm-hmm. and I always walk out with a smile. Yeah, because you just got all your box I needs fulfilled. I took care of it. Uh, 
But that's that's at stake for this episode of Best of the Best. Mark, we're going to start off with our customary coin flip here on Best of the Best. Mark, today I'm actually sporting a uh, 1979 half dollar. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, a uh, silver dollar. Quarter dollar? No, I'm sporting a 1979 silver dollar. That's not a silver dollar. Yeah, it is. With Susan B. Anthony on the front and an eagle on the back. Are you satisfied? <laughs> Mark is inspecting the silver dollar. It's like the exact size of a quarter. I know it's weird, but it's 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 just enough of these like lifted ridges. Um, um, Could you put? I bet a hexagon. I bet if you put that in an older washing machine, it would would get the job done. I think it's just a little bit bigger than a quarter. Hmm. I could be wrong though. Anyway, uh, Mark, you're gonna go ahead and call it in the air. Here we go. Tails. It is heads. God. Susan B. Anthony, showing the way. Mark, we are talking about the television event of the season, which means we are talking about, first and foremost, the best scripted live broadcast. The best scripted live broadcast. broadcast. Mark, um, because I won the toss, I can elect to kick or receive. I'm going to receive in this first round. Uh, Mark, I love how you always try to bait me. When it comes to anything about television. Uh-huh. And I'm going to take the bait this week. All right. Because the best scripted live broadcast is, of course, USA's and, at one point, TNN's mm-hmm. Monday Night Raw. Okay. Mark, wh- do you ever think to yourself that you miss the old days of television? I do, uh, actually. Like? I was just thinking about this the other night when I was watching Frasier. Like variety shows or even like live sitcoms or mm-hmm. live to tape sitcoms like The Honeymooners yeah. or I Love Lucy. Like there's something really uh, uh, inspirational about... Um, Charged about seeing somebody do it live. Like, a, yes, fuck it. Do it live. We'll do it live. It, it brings an energy that isn't there when you pre-script or, or tape or edit things. Mm-hmm. And... Like the last bastion of that live uh, performance, like vaudeville, almost like vaudevillian kind of performance is pro wrestling, specifically uh-huh. USA's WWE Monday Night Raw. Okay, this show has been running for nearly twenty years at this point. Wow. Uh, it started in '93, I believe, and uh, the early days they were all they were pre-taped. But at a certain point, they started going live, and they just haven't looked back since. Mm-hmm. The format recently changed as well, going to a full three hours live. It's a <laughs> lot of wrestling, it's a lot of content. But at the same time, some of the moments that have occurred on this show, despite being scripted. The explosion of energy coming from the live audience is mm-hmm. what really sells all of this. Be it Steve Austin showing up in a beer truck and ramming the ring, sure. jumping out and then spraying Vince McMahon with a fire hose full of beer. Kurt Angle doing the same thing, ramming it with a milk truck yeah. and then spraying everyone down with a fire hose full of milk. Of course. Um Let's see what else has happened. Steve Austin tearing down the uh, big jumbotron with uh, the help of the Big Show. Yeah, you told me. You told Perhaps us about this the one. Big Show showing up in the big truck Punch- recently, punching someone in the punching face, punching someone in the face, crying. And crying, and then getting yelled at by Stephanie McMahon. Yeah. Or my most recent uh, memory of a great live reaction on Monday Night Raw has been when Mark Henry 
the world's strongest man, as mm-hmm. he is billed, uh, had announced that he would be retiring. Oh. So Mark Henry is one of these guys that uh, he um, has been wrestling for pr- a long time, like 20 years. And he'd, he's been prone to injury. I personally like him. I like seeing Mark Henry wrestle. I think he's got a, he's got a good um, image. He's got a good character. He's just a big, strong, angry man. So he comes out to the ring. John Cena has just said his things. John Cena turns to leave, but Mark Henry comes down, and uh, he very tearfully tells the audience that he's been doing this a while. Uh, he hasn't, you know, he's on the road 200 days out of the year. He he's ready to go home. He's ready to see his wife. He's ready to hang out with his kid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the crowd, for as much as everyone shits on a wrestling crowd that. Wrestling crowds always seem very carnival-like and rednecky yes, and they are. gross and white trash. They, yeah. I, I personally disagree with those sentiments, but at the same time, when a crowd like that knows enough, has enough respect to give that to a performer and show the respect that they deserve, it's really a nice heartwarming thing mm-hmm. that these people who are cheering for people getting their heads bashed in still respect them enough like outside of the characters that they portray. Yeah. They're just like, you did a good job. We we like you. We respect you. So the crowd is like cheering and like when he says he's going to retire, like everyone boos and they start chanting one more match and they go through the whole rigmarole. Henry's crying. What are you doing as you're watching this? I was like in ra- I was like what I was, year was this? This was last year. Okay. Actually it was earlier this year. Um I was actually like kind of concerned because mm-hmm. on Twitter he'd been dropping hints that he was going to retire and this seemed like this was going to be his send off. Yeah. Like the way he was kind of saying it. So he had me he had me reeled in, hook, line, and sinker. Mm-hmm. John Cena comes in with his belt, and he's, like, clapping, and they shake hands, and they hug, and they do the whole thing. So you're thinking, okay, this is going to be this is gonna be a nice send-off. Cena's wearing his jean shorts. Cena's got his jean shorts on and his T-shirt and his, like, ball cap. Uh, so he raises, uh, he gives Mark the belt to hold, like, kind of ceremonially, because it's the only belt that Mark has never held before. He's held pretty much all the top belts, except for this, the main one. Uh, and Mark hands it back to John Cena. And then the, the two of the, he like, John like holds Mark's hand up and the two of them kind of walk around the ring. And then at a certain point, Mark lowers his hand, yanks John towards him, mm-hmm. picks him up and gives him the huge crushing body slam. Sure. And this crowd loses their mind. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't see it coming. You didn't see it coming. I didn't see it coming. And I like, I audibly cheered at home. To my little girl, Joanna, who cries when I leave home. Baby, I'm coming home. Oh my God!
that's what it, it's called a pop mm-hmm. in a wrestling terminology it's called a pop when you can get someone to uh like instinctively cheer or boo or something like that uh i was i was i loved it because i didn't see it coming and then mark jumps up and he starts going i'll tell you when i'm done i still got plenty in the tank yeah and it set up a then few... he coughed and, and then coughed up blood just, for a solid two and a half yeah, minutes. It's like it's like the end of the babe when yeah. uh, John Goodman spits out blood when he's going up to the plate. Yeah. And um uh so then Mark that sets up a feud between John Henry John Cena and Which Mark was Henry. Ultimately It was just it was ultimately just a feud for the month. Yeah. Like Mark Henry wrestled John Cena, he lost, and then they went and did another storyline with different people. But at that particular moment in recent in recent history of Monday Night Raw, shows how great live television and live television audiences can be. So I say, WWE Monday Night Raw best scripted live program. Uh, Andrew, good pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know you love uh, you love the wrestling. I love pro wrestling, even though it's embarrassing to yeah. see, like when people... So you know you shouldn't. I I was wearing like a WrestleMania shirt the other day at work and people were like, oh, cool shirt. And they're like, do you actually watch that? And I was like... And they shoved them. Yeah. Said, yeah, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, I do. Go, deal with it. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Go watch some Desperate Housewives. Yeah. I'll stick with my, my wrestling. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. I know it's shitty. Thank you. Your pick. Saturday Night Live, Andrew. Saturday Night Live. It's an institution. Yes. Uh, people have talked many times about how it's not that good anymore. We should just get rid of it. Why do they have, like, uh, you know, Keenan on there? Like, you know, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, they do say that. I remember when it was funny. It's not mm-hmm. funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. It's not funny anymore. Andrew. Like, when Mike Myers was on it. <laughs> 25 years ago that was a long time ago you know when it used to be funny mm-hmm. like chris farley and adam sandler yeah when you were a little kid well then when you were a little kid and you're like this is funny and then adults are like oh well, remember like Belushi and chevy chase and Aykroyd and bill murray were yeah. on it uh. yeah or there was that one lone person who was like i preferred fridays <laughs> Remember when get the fuck out of larry here. david and michael richards were on yeah. it yeah uh. right. <laughs> Those were good days, um, but at what point? Uh, kind of like with The Simpsons, I've I've often wondered, like, at what point do we say, "All right, this show's never going away." Like, when do we just accept it that this show will outlast us? Well, it, like Saturday Night Live is not a um, like there are I bits, what, there are bits that like exist, like. Um, um, Weekend update. Weekend update, uh, and the monologue, and like you know, there's certain things that are going to constantly be timeless. But the format is one that can just is kind of fluid through the years. You know, it's not sketch comedy. It's it's going to change all the time, and it can it's it seems like it's constantly changing, even from like decade to decade. Yeah, yeah, it changes. But all here's here's the thing about SNL that is great. Mm-hmm. I think that there are gems within there. And I think that for what it does, as far as pulling up sketch comedy, I mean, it's where you go for sketch comedy. There's plenty of other shows that have come and gone. Key and Peele is on right now. That's a really funny show that's also sketch. I mean, sketch There's, comedy in general, yeah, yeah. There, but Mad on television. T- Mad TV. Mad TV was on kids for a while. Kids in the Hall, Whitest Kids You Know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why oh, did... you fucked up. Now you fucked now up. Now you fucked up. I only know of one Why Does Kids You Know sketch, and it makes me laugh every time. I watch. I watch it probably once a month, and it makes me laugh. Well, even like even with the advent of the internet, I mean, Funny or Die and College Humor and uh, Cracked have really... Funny or Die is... Exploded no, with, with... College Humor, I think it's not that great. Well, I'm just saying those are like... These Mad, are also TV sources. TV wasn't that great either, but like these are sources of sketch comedy. They had a Christmas sketch. They had a Christmas episode that was really great on Mad TV, like their second season. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? Mm-hmm. The Hibbity Hobbity Horse. <laughs> I don't. This guy is... Tri- We're not talking about that. We're talking about Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. It has a live energy to it yes. that you can yes. feel. I do agree with this. And when a sketch starts to go wrong, there. I think now it's Keenan is the one who is who's taken like the Will Ferrell role where Will Ferrell would always commit to a sketch no matter what. That's why so many sketches were written for him to where if something was going really poorly, he would just dig his teeth into it and like i i yeah i, I like really fight for it and keenan does that now like keenan if you see keenan in a sketch you're like well i'm gonna get something funny out of it yeah it used to be like uh fred armisen or like bill Hader. i think were the ones that would just grind into a character or a role and really try and because if you go back even you know you go to like jimmy fallon and horatio sands like you know, as soon as the sketch started going sideways, they'd break character, and, and that's what would be start. funny because of it. But even then, sometimes it would get really old because you're just like, "All right, just let's, let's just okay, let's get this over with." But at the same time, I will agree completely that the, it. I think if you pre-taped Saturday Night Live, I don't think it would be as effective. Yeah, when you see the pre-taped stuff, like the the Lonely Island guys things or the digital shorts. They feel completely different. They feel different, but like... And a lot of times they're really good, but I think that overall it just doesn't feel the same as seeing it seeing it done live. I Well, I appreciate just the audience reaction. Like, that's that's yeah. kind of what really drives the show. And I think if you were just to add a, a kind of standard laugh track, it wouldn't... It, it would feel forced. Apparently it's a really small audience. Apparently it's only 300 people. Well, you know, they, is, they probably have to move around a lot. And yeah. They have those like... Was like chairs on a swivel like or, or is that because there's that like they're like risers mm-hmm. and then there's the, the people that are sitting on the floor like when they come up for the monologue yeah um or i don't actually i don't know i don't know how big that's because it seems like they would have to move like they'd have different or or, or is it everything take place on that center stage area and then there's the band setting i think off it's, to the left i think it's the center stage and then two smaller like empty areas where they'll roll in backdrops mm-hmm. on either side of that stage. I thought that was how they do it, but it's an incredible show. Yeah. If you ever watch the behind the scenes things, Annie did a really great special about what it's like to make it, make this show every week. Mm-hmm. How many episodes do they do a year? Probably like 30 or uh, no, they do. Um, it's, it's, it's like 20 cause they do two. They usually do like two on, yeah, two off, two on, two off, and then like a standard, standard sitcom will do like twenty four episodes a year, so maybe even less than that. But I think that as far as bringing the yucks this week, the exception, and I think this week's <laughs> episode was that good. But there's usually good jokes, there's usually good stuff in there, mm-hmm. and it's a fine source of topical humor. And I think that the fact that it is live makes it something really special. Yeah, and I think that. 
as remarkable as it is, the wrestling is still going strong and that they are still producing stuff. It's silly and kind of weird and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Whereas SNL kind of spins into that by giving us more r- ridiculous absurdism mm-hmm. and bad musical guests. Final arguments, Mark. Uh, while I do appreciate and really celebrate Saturday Night Live, I have to commit to my p- decision of saying Monday Night Raw. And I will do it by this. I will say this. Mark, Saturday Night Live does their thing 18 to 20 weeks out of the year. Yeah. Monday Night Raw, for the most part, is live and in your living room 52 weeks out of the year. (laughs) They don't take a break for holidays? They do not. They will pre-tape an episode around Christmas time. uh, Is Christmas? Christmas is on a Wednesday this year, I think. Yes. But if it was a Monday... Is that where that Santa Claus one came from? Yep. That was a like Monday is I think that Christmas. was on I think that was on Christmas. I think it happened Christmas Eve. Wow. Christmas Eve was on a Monday last year. What Mark's referring to is uh the storyline going into that that week's episode of Monday Night Raw is Santa Claus has arrived and he is giving presents to all the fans that are in the front row. Alberto Del Rio, the Mexican aristocrat. Yeah. Uh his big entrance involves driving out in a big fancy car like a Rolls-Royce. Mhm. Alberto Del Rio's music hits, and he becomes rolling out in his in his Rolls Royce, and he accidentally <laughs> hits Santa with his car, which looks a lot more like Santa walking into the Santa kind of walks car. into it, does like a front flip over the hood, and then the rest of the episode involves the wrestlers backstage, very yeah. concerned about Santa's well being, and then they, I think they put like a bounty on. Alberto Del Rio, effectively, right? Del Rio comes out and says, Santa knows, Santa should know where I drive my car. So technically, this is Santa's fault. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so John Cena says, for Santa, for the honor of Santa, I'm going to wrestle you in a match. I'm going I to think, beat you up. But I think, as I recall, the way it plays out is people talk Cena into doing it. Like, Cena just shows up, and then... And then they kind of push it. They say, yeah, yeah, Booker yeah, T or did, someone yeah. is like, Cena, you need to beat the shit out of this guy for what he did. And Cena's like, I'll do it. And they'll do it for Santa. And then everyone's here, for Santa. Yeah. And then they have a match, and then Santa miraculously uh, is well again, mm-hmm. and then gives Alberto Del Rio the mandible claw. Yeah. Now, we all know <laughs> that Santa's finishing maneuver is the mm-hmm. mandible claw. Always has been. Just imagine what I just explained to you. Yeah. And think it's Christmas time now. Mm-hmm. This aired on a n- n- national major cable network. Yes, live basic cable for the live for the most part to millions and millions of viewers. And then the next week, something else happened. <laughs> yeah, like if SNL went fifty-two weeks a year live like that, that would be one thing. But like these guys are cranking out. They they really are the spirit of. Of vaudeville. like vaudeville, old style, um, old style television. These old serials, soap operas that are just cranking out material, mm-hmm. just again, like every single day. And whether it lands or it doesn't, like it's still being put out there, and they're still committing one hundred percent completely to this live element. And while I love Saturday Night Live, and I really do love Saturday Night Live, my argument here is that Monday Night Raw gives it their all. Every every Monday, the entire year, and has for more than a decade at this point. Andrew, the amount of costuming sets, it's it's just not feasible for for if SNL did go 
a year long, it would become a very, it would end up being just a black box stage, I feel like, because of the amount of time and work There's that it a takes lot of time to put and it all together. And energy, but, uh, that just drains these people creatively. You don't think that's what happens with professional wrestling? No, it does. And you see it. You see it on the screen. Not when... only do they have to produce for Monday, they have to produce for Friday yeah. is taping as well, well plus pay-per-views every four every four weeks when the big <laughs> how many weeks in a row did wrestling this last couple of months how many weeks in a row was the end of the episode big show cries and punches someone in the face well it's and just it's just it one storyline that keeps building how many it's, it's kind of like asking happen? it's kind of like asking like how many weeks did heisenberg make math like uh, Spoiler. Did, did we already? It seems like we've. This is a well-traveled did road. We, we, have we already seen, seen this? this? Am I missing Am I something? Missing something? <laughs> Big Show was being taunted by Triple H and yes. Stephanie McMahon, and at a but certain how point, how long did they just drag that? It out? wasn't every episode, but it, like for a handful of weeks, Big Show would come out, and they would tell so him like five weeks. They would tell him, "I, if you do not punch this man in the face, and I will cry. fire you." And so and he'd cry. punch them, and then he'd cry about it. Yeah, and then they wouldn't fire him. But at a certain point. He got fed up and he punched Triple H, and then they did fire him. Mm-hmm. And then he sued, even though he has that ironclad. And he, despite contract. the ironclad contract, that was from a couple years ago. Yes, yes. All right, he drives a big truck now. Okay, uh-huh. all right. What I'm saying is, get the fuck on board, Mark. Um, Andrew, I guess give it, give it to me. It's to produce, so ridiculous to produce a three-hour show. 50 weeks out of the year as opposed to a 90 minute show with musical guests 18 18 weeks, to 24 so you know yeah i guess the it is a bit more remarkable and it's a it's it's it harkens back to classic television to be quite honest i know it's stupid and silly and 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 i'm being facetious in some yeah. of my argument but at the same time it does harken back to let's put on a show and they do for this live audience every week it's money making machine i guess i can respect that and I like that the um, announcers big show, really get into it. Driving a big it. truck. I like the announcers. <laughs> oh, it's RoboCop. It's RoboCop. Oh, RoboCop, not not intimidated by the horseman. Fortunately, that was not on Raw. But uh, I, I know. Did what he you're just saying. say that he's, he's <laughs> did, did he, profe- he bets on professional wrestling? But you did just say that wrestling is scripted and fake, right? This has been known for a while. But you've, you not, you have not, made I, it clear on the show. That yes, that that wrestling is fake. It is, yeah. It's, okay. not, it's always been fake. All right. Mark, we're going to move on to our second topic here on Best of the Best. We are talking about the television event of the season, which means that we are talking about the best television miniseries, best TV miniseries. I went first in that first round, which means you go first in the second round. Mark, the best television miniseries. Give it to us, Andrew. They used to do this. It used, used to be to. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard speculation that given the success question mark of sound of music live we might end up seeing more of these well uh well type things to sound of music live i guess um mark graboff i think that's his name who's like the president of nbc programming has said that he'd be interested in doing more live musicals well, I, yeah, of course he is. This one worked. It's like, well, I, I would like to do more the, things that make the, money. It's the, more of the fascination factor, more than anything, is like, 
oh, this will be neat. But I'm, I, ho- I'm kind of hoping that it just turned into like the the plot of Scrooged in that in his own life. Yeah, yeah exactly. I can see that. <laughs> I can see that happening. Uh, but stuff like um, Bonnie and Clyde, Bonnie and Clyde, which was killing, somewhat successful, killing Kennedy, uh, the Bible, the Bible was the big one, and uh, what was Hatfields, Hatfields and, McCoys. and McCoys. Yeah, yeah. So in recent, in recent still years, doing it. they're still doing it, but it's mostly on cable. It's mostly on cable, and it's pretty rare. Like, well, uh, not so much. I mean, it, I think that we kind of stepped it up in the past couple of years, up like f- ten years ago. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're thinking of, like, w- what used to be in the 80s, especially during sweep season, is, like, they would trot these things out to really pump up all their ratings. So, like, the day after or... Um, well, into the 90s, they did The Stand, which was a multi-night yeah. event. And then in the 2000s, it. the Stephen King's uh, Nightmares The Shining. Stephen King's The Shining was, like, a two-night event. and TNT did Nightmares and Dreamscapes. TNT then... also did... Um, like they would do something every summer. I feel like they did Rough Riders. ABC did the Tommyknockers at one point. Oof. Yeah, wasn't that good? Yeah. Uh, and then, but but there's some there are bigger ones like North and South and Roots and yeah in the eighties. But uh, your your point though, these are big things. Yes. And it's weird to see. And they they're again when you say television event, they were like these things that were all about getting people's asses in the seats watch for this full week your stuff it's like it was something yeah we're going to for the next five days every single night you know it's another chapter in roots yeah north and south there was um and it was a big it was a big to do it used to be a big big to do all over tv guide and you would get big name actors it was it was an exciting thing and maybe we'll get back to doing that well even like fx um fx has started kind of doing that with american horror story no, that's just that. That's a series. That's thirteen episodes. They just want to get it into a different designation for the Golden Globes and the Emmys. It's and not the Emmys. It's, like I, I think it's I think pretty it's, shitty what they're doing. It's technically classified as a miniseries, though. No, it's a TV series. It's technically classified as a miniseries, though. I'm but just telling you what it's classified as. Whatever. What is your pick? Ken Burns, Prohibition. Got it. On PBS, yeah. PBS produces some quality programming, quality educational programming, and I like Ken Burns movies. They're long as shit. Yeah, the Civil War one took me a long time to get through. Mm-hmm. I haven't started baseball. I probably won't. Mm-hmm. I might, mm-hmm. but Prohibition is the perfect. I think it's only four episodes, or it's only like four hours long. Maybe it's three episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is informative. It's fun. Ken Burns does this thing where you don't, there's like, what is it? Primary source documents that people read Yeah. in the voice of certain characters. And if you watch Boardwalk Empire, you know who these characters are beforehand. So it's almost like, oh, they got Paul Giamatti to play the, um, the, what's its name? The Steve Buscemi character. Fascinating. Uh, nucky. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think that's I think as far as just informative, fun programming, I think it's fun. Okay. I think it's good stuff. Ken Burns. Prohibition. Prohibition. It's the right length. It makes people tune into PBS, which doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. That never happens. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. 
and I'll tell you when. Mark, I say Ken Burns Baseball. Oh, my God. The best television miniseries. Have you seen it? I've seen uh, parts of it. However, there is... If you... If you remember back to 1993, uh-huh. this was a huge deal for not only Ken Burns but for PBS. Like, like we were just how we were just saying that like miniseries used to be the big thing. Mm-hmm. They would trot these things out. They were the centerpiece of a lot of schedules through in like April and September and November. That apparently there's a script for Watchmen. Adapted as a miniseries. Ooh, that sounds terrible. I think it would have been better than the movie we got. I I don't think they would have done it justice if that's the case. Probably not. I mean, that, that's such a tough. That's a tough thing to to do in the '90s, anyways. To do to just to to adapt to begin with, like graphic novel is the perfect format for that yeah. story. Regardless, Ken Burns baseball huge hit for PBS and huge hit for Ken Burns more so than. I even say be tempted to say more so than the Civil War, because the Civil War was a big deal. But I remember more people talking about baseball. Yeah, uh, when that aired. Baseball. Now, if you're not familiar with it, uh, Mark was saying that Ken Burns' Prohibition is four episodes. Now, Ken Burns' Baseball was broken up into nine and later ten three-hour episodes, and yeah. each of each of the nine, then the tenth, each of, each of them can you know was considered a inning Mm -hmm. and talked about a very specific time in baseball from you know the first inning talking about the origin of the game all the way up until the ninth inning which uh discussed the future of baseball into the early 90s and very much talked about uh the first non-american baseball Baseball, yes the first non-american baseball team to win the world series which was the toronto blue jays in Mm -hmm. 91 i believe and also uh, the first black coach to win the World Series, who was, I don't, I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he was the coach of the Toronto Blues at the time. Anyway, it's interesting to point out that they kind of tell, they kind of say in, in, in this episode of the ninth, of the ninth inning of Ken Burns baseball that nothing's going to stop baseball. Yeah. There's always going to be baseball. Mm-hmm. And then the year it aired, there was a baseball strike and there was no <laughs> World Series that year. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and then there was a later than uh, when Ken Burns was promoting, he did he did Prohibition, then he did like The War. It was like a specific movie that he did. I think it was The War and then Prohibition. He uh, also put together this 10th inning to kind of talk about where baseball has been between 93 and now. And a lot of steroids things have changed. Era. The free agent market has exploded and then the steroids era as well. Yeah. So I say Ken Burns' baseball is the better best miniseries of all time because it's it's something it's so comprehensive mm-hmm. and it's like if you want to know about baseball and how baseball affects americans and hear all of the different voices involved in this sport that is primarily and and has now become a little bit more international especially with like um teams in the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. and in Cuba and you're seeing explosions in Central America and then in, in Asia as well. Um, but kind of pre- predominantly considered an American sport and to get all these different facets from all these different viewpoints across the entire spectrum that the sport has existed in its format that we know it now, mm. like it's mind boggling. 
to, to just kind of imagine how this thing was put together. Yeah. So I say Ken Burns baseball. Andrew, final yeah. arguments. Yeah. Or counter arguments. Are we in final arguments? Final arguments. We're in final arguments. Yeah. Andrew, final arguments. Ken Burns baseball was a joke what? for its length. Is When I was growing up, all I knew about it was that it was long as shit and boring. And one of our favorite jokes on what about, The Critic is... The electric football. Electric. A bit like America. It's always Just moving, always shaking. Shake. Wait a minute. That stupid game didn't work. Get that camera out of my face. He has a shotgun yes. for some reason. <laughs> um it's it's too long. It goes too deep into the minutia, I think. And I think that it's That's kind of Ken Burns. Scope. That's Ken Burns thing. I mean, the Civil War is what people that like The Civil War is cel- long? celebrated for that. Yes, the Civil War is long and as in-depth a look at the Civil War as you're going to get on television. Mm-hmm. And the same I think the same could be said about all of these things, all of his work. Yeah. That's what he's known for. But to devote so much time and have it be such an ambitious project for baseball. It's it's audacious. It's ostentatious. And I think it's I think it's just too much. I think it's overkill. And I think that when you get when you finish watching Ken Burns baseball, I imagine mm-hmm. you go oh, I I guess I'm glad that's over with. I I I completely disagree. Whereas I, I think, I think it's thirty hours, right? It's, it, thirty hours. But at the same time, you about this one game. It, it's more than just this one game. There's baseball is indelibly twined, and this is kind of the point of the of the documentary is indelibly twined with America, and baseball reflects. America at the time and America reflects baseball at the time. Sure. Like it's it just, a, it's a thing that, it's a piece of history that we can look at and see how we've progressed as a society uh-huh. and despite the fact that it's a dumb game like there are a lot of stories invested in this thing. It's just it's just ridiculous to me to spend more time going into baseball than the Civil War, which is you know, you talk about the most important events in American history. Definitely the Civil War. Mm-hmm. Definitely world, or I guess not events, but like time periods in American history. But what's great about Prohibition. The Civil War was also only eight years, not even eight years long. Yes. How long was it? Five? Sure. Civil War is not five years long. About as long as if you tried to watch Ken Burns baseball. Uh, <laughs> the great thing about prohibition, Ken Burns' prohibition, mm-hmm. is that that is also a time period that is very important to very important to America's basically le- legislative process. Mm-hmm. What we think of recreational, I guess, drugs in some ways. And I just think well, it's, it's all yeah during the boom. It's just during the boom period of America. Like we were expanding so much in the twenties, and the industrial kind of fabric of America was being created at the same time the prohibition was occurring. Correct. I, that's not exactly what's put forward by a, a lot of laws changed. Like the, no constitute once. Uh, once it was in the constitu- constitution that you could not sell alcohol, sell or consume alcohol, everybody was like, this is it. 
-hmm. Nothing's ever been taken out of the Constitution. Like, this is what America is going to be from now on. And then to have that repealed a a scant few years later just kind of changed everything of what we think about the the U.S. law, legal process, and legislative process. Yeah, I can see that. And it's also fascinating to see, like, what the buildup to prohibition coming around was. Because mm-hmm. I think I just found it very informative and I thought that it was the perfect length and I thought that you had just the right amount of time with each character and on each subject to really explore it and really come away feeling feeling like you've learned something important about America's history. Whereas Ken Burns Baseball is, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do that this holiday season? I'll watch Ken Burns Baseball and you can watch Prohibition, Prohibition. and you can tell me which one's better. Mark, I guess I can give it up d- based on the fact that like uh it's it is a lot to demand of a viewer to spend 30 hours. It's a commitment. I can't... over the course of, you know, obviously we make the same commitment when we watch a television series. I mean, Breaking Bad is how many episodes long? I think it's 54 are on Netflix, but I think it's like 62 altogether. So subtract ad breaks and that kind of thing. It's 45 minutes long. I'm trying to I'm trying to get through Breaking Bad right now. Right. Actually. So you're 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 locked in if you watched them end to end nonstop for two solid days, 48 yes. hours straight essentially. Yeah. Uh, and we can make the same commitment. We make the same commitment to that. Why can't we learn about baseball in the same format? That's a good question. I guess. Yeah, it's but a, I can give it up. I, going back to that though, I can give oh, it up. Oh, boobies! Oh, that's right. There's boobies in oh, Breaking Bad every oh, once in a while. Oh. I guess I can give it up because uh, there is something to be said about condensing and getting as much punch as you can into those four hours. Uh, I think PBS was. It's a it's a cornerstone. It's a milestone for PBS to have this thing that they aired first yeah in in baseball but at the same time i think if i i think it would be it would be tough to condense baseball into four hours that would be a very tough sell i think i think i think it could be done and have the same emotional appeal i don't think so probably not like baseball is such a long and winding subject how do you do how do you do anything like that that but prohibition is enough of a topic that you could get all of the points you want to get across specifically in that he narrows it down to here was the effect on illicit substances in America. Here was the effect on legislation in America. Like there's probably other spindle, uh, you know, kind of uh, arms well, that you could go and, and investigate as how prohibition affected that thing in America as well. Well, it goes through chronologically. So you start with like the origins of prohibition and why we have it or why it, why right. it came to be. And then, yeah, how how it affected crime, how it affected the day-to-day operations of the government, how it affected individuals, and then how we got out of it. All right. I can give it up. Okay. Mark, we're going to move on to our final topic. This is our mystery topic. Yes, we're tied one-to-one here in this episode of Best of the Best. Episode 92. We're talking about the television event of the season. I was watching my favorite miniseries the other day. Stephen King's The Stand. Pride and Prejudice. Starring. BBC's Pride and Prejudice. Starring Colin Firth. 10 hours, right? That's one that a lot of people really like, and I don't know why. It's uh, it's weird that miniseries generally tend to either be adaptations of, like, um, uh, novels. British books. Novels from the 1800s. Oh, I guess, like, you mean like Sherlock? 
I guess that's a mini series, right? Well, like BBC's um, the Sherlock. Like uh, that's what it's called, like right? Like Pride and Prejudice or Jane Eyre, or it's like Wuthering Heights. Like it's a lot of Bronte. It's a lot of uh, there's a Frankenstein. I remember. Yeah, it, or or it's a historical adaptation. So North and South. Um, TNT's Rough Riders. Bonnie and Clyde, Roots. From the Earth to the Moon. Usually they don't do, very rarely do they do original properties as a miniseries, right? Usually it's just going to be like a TV movie. Yeah, I, I mean, you could maybe count, like, what, what were those? They were like Perry Mason mysteries oh. that were done as a miniseries. There would be like four oh, a I get, year, yeah, right? But Joss, they were movies. Uh, oh, Tom Selleck is in a bunch of oh, them. Yeah. Like, do you know what I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, I like, he, like plays a He plays like a cowboy. I watch those with my grandmother. Or like the librarian. Yeah. There's another one that's on like TNT that's like National Treasure, but it's this like librarian. Anyway, I was watching my favorite, my favorite one, Stephen King's Tommyknockers on oh, ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They eat time. Yeah, and they hide under the stairs or something like that. I don't know. Tommyknockers, Tommyknockers knocking at my door. That's all I remember. But they also mentioned this in the dialogue they said oh my god it's the tommy knockers and then, then like the tommy knocker came in and i was like oh god what kind of monster is it gonna be and it's just a dude in a suit mm-hmm. and then he said that he had this to say he said that's right i'm the tommy knocker and also best mid-season finale and then we went to commercial and right to commercial and i was like this isn't really gonna drive me to yeah. the commercial so i went and watched a episode of Pawn stars? I don't know. Anyway, best mid-season finale is our final final topic here on Best of the Best. Mark, go ahead and call in the air. Here we go. Tails? Tails. It is Tails. Sonic and Tails adventure. Sonic and Tails. Miles per hour. Miles Prowler. That's his name. Tails. Miles Prowler. Get it? I thought his name was Tails. His name is Tails. It's a nickname. His real name is Miles Prowler. True story. Mark, kick or receive? Receive. receive. I'm ready. Receive. Best mid-season finale. And what we mean by this, to preface this, is there's your season finale, which generally happens in April or May. Yeah. But a lot of season, a lot of shows now have started breaking their episodes over the course of a few months in the fall and a few months in the spring. Right. So generally around December... When they break the seasons, they will do something called the mid-season finale. So after like seven episodes, they'll take a break and then come back in March or April and then have their season finale in May. Mm-hmm. So that's what we mean. Best mid-season finale, Mark. Andrew, my pick for best mid-season finale is the only one I know of or that I've seen, really. And that is this season's Walking Dead. That was a good uh, zombie impersonation you did. Andrew doesn't like zombies. Um, a, just such a boring like element, character, yeah, thing. We get it, all right. I got problems too, all right. <laughs> you want brains? We all want. We things. all want brains. We all want things. Like, all right, I yeah, you know, I'm the dead and I'm walking. Blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. We get it. Now, Dracula's. Now, yeah, now, Dracula's. Dracula's. That's the way that's to go. That's what we're talking. Or, Frank, or Sexy Frankenstein. Sexy Frankenstein's getting jobs. Now you're now, on to something. Yeah. Okay, no. Um, so the se- mid-season finale of this season's of Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Now why? Walking Dead isn't a great show. Um, I wouldn't even say it's a 
good show. I wouldn't say that I've seen any episode more than once. Yeah. But I think I've talked about this on the show before. I've certainly talked about it a lot in my personal life. <laughs> uh, Boy, howdy. I like genre television. I like shows like American Horror Story, Story and Hell on Wheels and The Walking Low Dead. Low Winter Sun. <laughs> Low, Low Winter Sun is not genre television. The Killing. Oh, I like The Killing. But I like shows like that because they're kind of the only game in town. There aren't any other westerns on television. I get yeah. I other guess than right. what was that? Uh, what was that one? That one FX show that was on for like a day. It's about like trains. What was that? It was on after. I think that's Hell on Wheels. Oh, is it? Oh, that's you're right. A- you're right. That's it's Hell on, it's, yeah, you're right. Hell on Wheels. I'm thinking of Sons of Anarchy. And it's and it's. Sons of Anarchy was... No, no, I know, I know. It it seems like Sons of Anarchy should have the title Hell on Wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what gets me confused. Yeah. But Hell on Wheels isn't a good show either. I don't own a television, Mark, okay? Yes, you do. (laughs) You own two. Oh, God. (laughs) They're multiplying. Um, What I like about... Anyways, I like The Walking Dead because I think it's it's fun to watch this spooky show late at night. Spooky. And the way that... The thing that everybody has always been like up up Walking Dead's ass about is that you uh, if you meet a character early on in like an episode or early on in the season and they're really close to one of the main characters, good news. They're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Because they're not going to kill the main characters. Game of Thrones did. Uh, yes, spoiler. on spoiler. spoiler. But on Walking Dead, oh. people want Walking Dead to be more like Game, Game of Thrones, Thrones or more like the comic book. And the thing about the comic book is it has more of a rotating cast, mm-hmm. almost like a soap opera even to where like people, you like that character? He's dead now. Guess mm-hmm. what? We're going to draw another character. <laughs> yeah. We got another one right here. Yeah. Look at all these character models we got. So many. I'm ready to use them. So people wanted to be more like that. And this mid-season finale, I guess it's spoilers, whatever. You people don't care. You don't watch it. Um, I certainly don't. They killed. They, they, they walked all over those dead. Yes. Those dead, boy, they they were trotting. This mid-season finale had a, was fun because we had this buildup to the return of the governor, who was the principal antagonist from last season. Mm-hmm. And so he's like coming back and he's going to kick some ass. And we're going to have some real action, human-on-human fighting, and then some zombies show up, and you're like, finally, this will be fun. This will be hot. hot. And for me, I was, like, kind of pissed off. I was like, we're just bringing back the governor as, like, the antagonist? Like, this is kind of lame. Yeah, keeping Uh, you under 35 miles an hour. And then they kill him. The governor dies. They kill the antagonist. Yeah. They're like, fuck it. Who kills it? The zombies? Do they walk all over him? they shoot him? No, um, piano falls on him. Yeah, pretty chokes much. on a saltine. No, uh, our samurai character stabs him in the chest, mm-hmm. and then he gets shot in the head, <laughs> and then Golden Eye falls on top yeah. of him. <laughs> for zombies, Governor. No, no, for, for me. me. <laughs> what were we watching? Where it actually? Oh, Thor. Thor: The Dark World has the Golden Eye ending. Yeah, this, where you think the <laughs> bad guy falls dead. on him. <laughs> <laughs> but so they for, do that for Asgard and then they kill like one of the characters kids one of the kids one of the characters babies gets killed 
And now, Mark, hold as on a, a second. As a mother. As a mother. I could not be more appalled with this t- turn in the story, okay? You don't, you don't know that the baby died. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if when we came it back. It doesn't matter, Mark. As as a mother. Hang on, hang on. As a mother. It wouldn't surprise horrified. me if when we come back next week or in a couple of months, somebody's just walking around and then they turn around and they're holding the baby. And they're like, no, I got the baby on my way out. Mm. All that blood in the crib was something else. Is that fruit cocktail? You got, no, it's cran it's apple. Cran, cran apple. <laughs> Can you talk to these people? I can't. Um, so you say, what? I guess then to cut to the quick. Why? Why this specifically? Because it was so why, surprising. Because it was. Why? It actually. Why? It was one of the few episodes that actually delivered. Okay. And if it was, I say the thing about the baby probably being alive because it is only a mid-season finale. But for the time being, I can still think maybe they did kill it. Maybe they actually did do something. As mother, I just, because I don't know if I can watch this show. It's just I just yeah. I, I just can't even think of it. I just can't even think of it, Mark. It 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 delivered in a if way. Something happened to my baby, and somebody spilled cran apple all, all over it. his crib. Yeah, that would, I would you'd be, be mortified. Just absolutely appalled. So. I like that it was able to finally be the TV show that I've been waiting for it to be. For like five years Four years. Now. Five years, probably. Okay. Good pick, Mark. Uh, I say this. I say the best mid-season finale that I've seen personally is 2011's mid-season finale for South Park. South Park. In an episode entitled You're Getting Older. Okay. Now, at this point, South Park in 2011 has been on since, oh boy, I think it premiered in 96, I want to say. So, do the math. Clinton White House. 15 years at this point, at that point. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, uh, this episode revolves around Stan. Stan has really, it's Stan's 10th birthday. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this real big haze of cynicism has kind of washed over Stan where he first, he sees like a trailer for an Adam Sandler movie and he can't get over the fact that it looks like shit. Like mm-hmm. the rest of the boys are very excited about it, but he just all, when he sees it on screen, all he hears is like, it's just shit. Like yeah. he, he starts hearing shit. What the rest of us. Yeah. See when we see an Adam Sandler trail. Then uh, more, this starts happening more and more where he like turns on the radio and instead of like hearing music, all he hears is like fart noises. And like when he sees people, they look like actual turds. Yeah. And um, so, and he's really despondent about it because he can't muster up the, he can't muster up the ability to like anything because mm-hmm. he just, he just feels burnt out and everything's yeah. just fucking sucks. And, um, that's the whole drive of the episode. And then it just, it, it ends with his parents getting divorced that like the B plot is Randy has decided to start singing in a band at the bowling alley with somebody named steamy Nicks. Okay. And he is not very good and it drives a wedge between him and his wife, Sharon. And she feels like his harebrained schemes have gotten, have, have graded on her too long. And so she decides to divorce him. So the episode ends with them like packing up and moving into separate houses. And uh, Stan has still not gotten over this funk of cynicism. And the rest of his friends really don't like to hang out with him anymore because he's so fucking 
cynical and down on everything. Yeah. And this is all being backed by uh, Landslide by Fleetwood Mac in this montage that we're seeing. And then the episode just ends. Like, no resolve, no conclusion. It, you kind of expect everything to go back to the way it was. It just yeah. ends. And the reason I say it's the best season, mid-season finale is because it, it spurned a lot of talk about the show and wondering, like, what the hell did I just see? Yeah. Like, this was, felt very odd. Um, well, were they, weren't they just saying, get off our asses? They were. The thing was, is a lot of people f- felt that this was some kind of message regarding, like, their feeling towards South Park, that they had been doing this for so long and been so chained to making the show that they just they just didn't feel it anymore like they just it's all mediocre and it's all crap and they're just kind of churning this out and they don't they don't like what they're doing and they've having not trey and matt have gone on record saying no we really like working on the show and this was just a story that we told but like a lot of people even imagine like this was a season a series finale that they just like yeah that they felt like this was the the coup de this or not the coup d'etat, but this was like the send off. This was the swan coup, song. This was the coup d'etat to coup d'etat. They were invading uh, the ten thirty slot. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's an it's an interesting watch. I always like it when shows, uh, especially comedy shows, do something unexpected. Not often, mm-hmm. like when she's like with like Mash, where it was doing it like every week. And what I thought this was a comedy show. Um, that, but when, Have, having not seen it though, they kind of go ahead. Having not seen it though, the message I got was like, our fans grow up and start hating our show. No, and I, that's I just the way it is. I don't think that's the message that they're sending. There, it's it's just like Stan is unbearable yeah. in that he like is so cynical regarding anything regard in pop culture that like everything now sucks everything, and um. He goes to like a doctor who diagnoses him as being an asshole, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, I, then like there, there's a um, the second episode, the the the, the series, the mid season, uh, you know, the, the, where they picked up, kind of resets everything. Where Stan is still a cynical asshole, but uh, he starts um, uh, medicating himself with like Jameson <laughs> to to get over the fact that everything kind of sucks yeah. meanwhile cartman mishears the phrase asperger's is being ass burgers and so he starts selling burgers that he puts in his butt like it's it kind of goes back to typical south park but uh for this little shining moment it it, it definitely raised a lot of questions and um did something that was kind of unexpected in a in a in a season in a, a show that had been on for, at that point for fifteen years. So I always appreciate it when shows can do something that's kind of a, a little bit outside the norm, outside yeah. the kind of their 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 spectrum of like topics to to talk about. But a- and uh, the fact that it was a mid season uh, finale only left it lingering with you longer. Well, Andrew, you want to talk about going outside of the norm. How about going from a show that kind of sucks to a show that's still kind of sucks, kind of okay, I guess, for like sixty minutes for that that brief shining moment. Yeah. Final arguments, Mark. Um, knowing what we just saw or what you saw in that season series, I'm sorry, mid season finale of The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. do you think that that creative spark is going to carry through when the show picks back up in April or so? No, probably not. So that's my big thing is <laughs> South Park 
is still a solid show. Yeah. Despite the fact that a lot of people poo-poo it, just like in this episode, uh, it's been on for so long. I think the show is better now than it's ever than it's ever been. That like, well, if it's so good, why can't they make their deadline? Because <laughs> they had a power outage. <laughs> I like this this most recent um, this most recent arc involved. A really funny uh, Game of Thrones parody that they did, where they they talked about like the console wars mm-hmm. between the Xbox One and the PS4, but at the same time still hit on a lot of funny things involving Game of Thrones. So like, there's a lot of funny stuff. That you they don't did. watch Game of Thrones. I still understood like what yeah. what the whole every like because like the whole point of the point of the show is that the the boys want to get into the mall early because they have these crazy Black Friday sales that are going to be happening. Mm-hmm. And so the Black Friday at the mall is like the Black Gate mm-hmm. and uh, or the North Wall. And um, th- Randy is kind of like the North Wall watch. And the boys have set up this plan to get in there and get these, these great deals. But then these two factions like separate. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Cartman is constantly scheming and he like... Anytime he's scheming, he goes on a walk with one of the boys in this garden. Yeah. It's very much... I've seen enough of the show to know where... At King's Landing. uh, There's a guy that owns the garden that constantly yells at Cartman to get the fuck out of his garden. (laughs) And then later, he picks up on the fact that Cartman is going to backstab whoever he's talking to in the garden. So he yells out the window to warn anyone that he's talking with that he's going to to turn and be a traitor to him. It's kind of funny. And... um, I don't know. It's it's a funny episode. And then there's their mid-season finale this year was Cart no. Um Wendy is upset that Butters is obsessed with Kim Kardashian and she says Kim is made up of nothing but Photoshop, so she's trying to ban Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And um Kanye West shows up to constantly <laughs> defend his wife. And the only funny runner in that entire episode is every time Kanye shows up he has to defend and say that his wife is not a hobbit. But every time he starts talking about his wife, his description of his wife make it seem like she's a hobbit. Yeah. So he has to get on the phone and ask Kim to remind him why she is, how she isn't a hobbit. Because it's a lot of stuff like, and she was in that movie with that <laughs> wizard? And then he's like, Hold up a second. And then he's like, no, wait, wait. No, no, you sure you're not a hobbit? But I say South Park. It wasn't best series with a mid-season finale. It was best mid-season finale. This was the best mid-season finale. Well, I guess I can't argue with that. Andrew, yes. that means you get the point for this week. Yes! USA! USA! Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Best of the Best. As always, you can listen to us and subscribe to us on iTunes, or you can listen to us at the theflickeringbox.wordpress.com, or you can subscribe to us on Stitcher. 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 Which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. All that information and more at the flickering box at wordpress.com. You can always also email us at botbpodcast at gmail.com or you can leave a comment on the site. We'll read it on the air. And if you're feeling very generous, it goes a long way if you could give us a good, solid review on iTunes, leave a message, do whatever you need to do. Or a sawbuck. That's pretty generous. If you just want to drop one in the, in, the, in the till, you can always do that. Uh, we love uh, we love the fans. We love that you listen, and we would love to hear of more people listening. So give us a good review. Why Talk not? to people. Sure. Spread the word. Come to the 100th episode party, et cetera, et cetera. Which we're going to have. 
March. And we'll tell you about it. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to have mini pizzas. Now, we might have to do our 100th episode party a little bit early. Mm. Uh, I have December 25th open. Andrew, how's that look for you? Yeah, I could probably do that. So maybe, I mean, we're just looking at our calendars. You know, if you guys want to show up, if you, I mean, if you got other stuff, like don't sweat it. I guess I get it. But, but, you know, we're just letting you know. It's a good two weeks ahead of time. Yeah. Mark, anything else? No. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes. All right, then. All right. We'll see you next time. So long. Suckers. Robocop, not intimidated by the horseman. Come on.